Alright. Alright, today, today, this is for the 1% crazy that want the good life. Today I'm going to stir your soul in pursuit of the good life. I'll tell you who this is not for. This is not for somebody who wants to be a marshmallow, somebody who does not want the good life, somebody who is not in pursuit of their dreams. If that's you, this is not for you. But if you're the one that says, I want the good life, I'm willing to be part of the 1% crazy because that's what I want, then this is exactly for you. That's who I'm talking to today. I'm going to take and I'm going to share with you guys some, it's like some key three, like three secrets that will actually give you some momentum, a way and a methodology to start creating the good life. And so nobody wants, nobody wants, like, like how many people have you been admired who actually never rose up, who never figured out how to create a legendary life, like nobody, right? And that's not why we're here. We're here to be able to create this great life. And so like the very first one I'll share with you is, like, I like Tony Robbins. And one of the things that Tony Robbins had is when he was 17 years old, he, before he was at 17, they were in and out of houses, in and out of houses. They were, they were constantly being evicted, constantly short on cash, constantly short of resources. Um, he said his mom had all these different guys and he's like, he had a new dad every other week and it was crazy. And at the age of 17, the family, his mom came in and they, she kicked him out at the age of 17 and Tony Robbins was on his own. He didn't actually, he had no place to go. He had to start figuring it out. And he came across this guy, this guy by the name of Jim Rohn. Now you probably recognize his name, Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn was a very famous guy at the time, just about like Tony Robbins, but Tony Robbins surpassed him. Jim Rohn uh, is like, look, you can come and work for me, but here's the deal. He says, nobody works for me who does not buy my products and actually develop a belief system in exactly what we're selling. And he's like, if you want to work for me, you need to go get and own this thing. Here's my products. The whole package is 1700 bucks. Okay, Tony did not have 1700 bucks at the time. He was 17, so we're talking a few years ago. We're talking a chunk of change that Tony didn't know exactly how to get. And at the age of 17, he went from bank to bank to bank to bank, trying to find somebody who would be willing to take a chance on a kid that's 17 years old and lend him the money. And he finally found somebody that did. And he actually went and bought into Jim Rohn's product, and became a part of his company and became one of his best students ever. And the big thing that happened for Tony Robbins is one Jim Rohn said, if you want to be a part of the tribe, if you want to be in the game, if you want to be involved, he's like, here's something that you got to do. He said, for things to get better, you've got to get better. For your life to change, you got to change. And that's when he realized the only way to get from A to B so that you have what you want is raise your standards. Raise your standards. You cannot be, you cannot settle for the things that don't make sense for you. I remember when I was, when I was in Tucson, Arizona and I was moving to Utah and we had this impression, we got this impression to buy this house. This house that I'm in right now is an amazing house. It's valued at over a million bucks. And it was like, ooh, that was kind of scary, right? It was scary thinking about and considering buying this house. It was scary. And the thing that came to my mind, or the impression we got, my wife and I, is that we need to buy that house. 
The answer was like, don't be afraid. Find a way. Find a way, right? Find a way to make it happen. But the big thing that happened in that is it caused me to raise my standards. Had people like, Mike, don't buy a house like that. Mike, don't do a thing like this. Mike, don't buy that car. Mike, Mike, don't buy this new, like this new truck. Don't buy that new car. Like, don't buy that house. It's like, it's crazy, right? But that was the problem. The, the whole idea is you've got to figure out how to raise your standards. And when you sit there and you settle for less, you compromise for the things that you, like the things that you don't want, you settle for it. The next thing you know, you compromise here. The next thing you know, you're compromising here and here and here and here. And eventually, you have a whole bunch of junk you didn't want. <laughs> right, Angel? I got a bunch of junk that I didn't want. Well, you didn't make room for the stuff that you did want because you compromised on all your standards. And so that was the secret that Tony discovered is like people think about, oh, I want to change. Oh, I want to change. He says, change is not hard. He says, change is not hard. It happens in the moment. It happens like instantly. What's hard is, is making the decision to change, making the decision to do something different, making the decision to do a different thing. And once you can finally fix into your head, I'm going to or this is how I am, that like you change it. Like when you think back like somebody who says, I'm going to try to stop smoking. You're, but I'm a smoker, you know. It's like, dude, here's the problem. You're a smoker. Guess what you're going to do after you pretend, or you're done pretending like you're not going to smoke, right? You're going to smoke because you didn't change your standard. You didn't say, this is what I was, but I don't have to be defined by my past because my past got me here but it no longer serves me where I want to go over there. I want to be over here. And when you have that and you say, this is not who I am, this is who, I, this is who I'm going to be, then you recognize that you will be going in that direction and it's going to give you momentum. You will do an identity shift. An identity shift. That's what we're talking about when we say raise your standards. You no longer identify with the thing. You identify with the new place, the new thing that you, go, you want to achieve and, or a place you want to go. And so that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Raise your standards. Now here's something that's crazy. Here's, here's secret number two. This is one that is this, is, this is one where people get crippled. This is where people get stuck. They struggle to figure out how to get some momentum because they get stuck in this one place. And it's probably easier if I take and I tell you a story that I got from Myron Golden. Okay, Myron Golden, he was talking about there was these eagles. And these eagles, you got, the, you got big mommy eagle and big daddy eagle and they're, they're flying along and they're... <sighs> mommy eagle goes, oh, you know what I wish I had? I wish I had some little chicks. I want some baby eaglets. See, I see that tree over there? I'm gonna go over to that tree. Let's go, let's go create a family. And he's like, whoa, okay. I guess we're gonna go over there and we're gonna create a family, right? So he goes over there to this tree and they start gathering and they start bringing all this stuff and sticks in. And they start putting together this beautiful nest, right? Now I got me a nest. And uh, next thing you know, they do the other thing. And the next thing you know, there's baby eaglets. That's what I'm talking about, baby eaglets. And all these little eaglets are right here and they're happy and they're smiling. And, you know, a baby eaglet 
kind of looks at the mom and goes, Hey, mom. He's like, I'd like to fly. Right? I'm, you get that? I'd like to fly. And mom's like, no, honey. No, wait. No, honey. That sounds more like a guy. No, honey. Not yet. I will take you flying soon. Just simmer down. And all the baby eaglets, every time mom comes back with some food, they're like, mommy, mommy, I want to fly. And she's like, not yet, not yet. Calm down, calm down. And so after a couple times of this, the baby eaglet, another time mom comes back, she goes, mommy, I'm ready to fly. She goes, all right. She goes, come here, climb up on my back. And then she takes off and she, she spreads out her wings. She's flying, right? And everything's good. And then mommy goes, Woof, like this. And the baby goes, going all the way down to the ground. And then just before the baby hits the ground, mommy comes down there, scoops in, and picks the baby equal up. And the baby's like, oh, 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 that was crazy. And she takes her back up to the nest, and the baby looks like, oh, mom's crazy. Do not fly with mom. Mom's crazy. Oh, she, she dropped me. Oh, she dropped me. And then the next day, mom was like, okay, today's flying lessons. And the baby leaders are like, no, 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 mommy, I did not want to fly. Mommy's like, today's flying lesson. No, 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 get on my back now. Okay. So then she goes, Baby, all of a sudden, mom, at the last second, picks up the baby. Baby's like, mom takes the baby eagle back up in the nest, and then the baby eagle's like, mom's crazy. It was just as bad today as it was yesterday, right? And so, like the baby eagles are like terrified. I don't want to fly. And so then the next day, mom comes back after she brought some food and stuff. And she goes, today's flying lessons. And the baby was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. She's like, get on my back. No, get on my, my back. So the baby climbs on the back, right? And the mom goes, <laughs> she goes, like this. And the baby's like, oh, I think I can fly. I can reach the sky. I can fly. And the baby eagle learned to fly. How did the baby eagle learn to fly? The baby eagle learned to fly by falling. We do not like to fall. No, we don't. We do not like to fall. That is why we do not always reach our potential. What percentage of eagles learn to fly? 100%. They learn to fly by falling. The problem is, is we, we have the ability to think, to rationalize, to be able to try to come up with all kinds of reasons or excuses why we can't do a thing, right? Because we're afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid that we might have this legendary life. We're afraid. We're afraid. Like, you got this tree. Okay, here's the tree. Here's our tree. We got this beautiful tree, and here's all the trees and all the stuff. And our little family, we went and created our own little nests up in here, right? And so we got this this tree, and we're inside this, and it's comfortable, you know. And then we're like, oh, I, I think I want to do something amazing in life. I think I want to try. I think I want to try some, right? And what happens is, is we kind of fall out of the nest. But as we're going down, we're like, 
whoa, whoa, reach up and grab that branch, I can hit the ground. And so then we, then we just kind of scuttle into the branches and we stay into this area of circle of sameness and we want to be the same. We want to be comfortable. We don't want to potentially fall any farther. But if you ever look at the stock market, did you ever notice that the stock market falls, but then it rises, right? It falls and then it rises. We're wired incorrectly. We have these, these instincts that don't seem to serve us very well all the time. Have you noticed, like, when the stock market's high, everybody wants some. Have you noticed when the stock market is low, everybody wants to sell some. So we want to buy high and we want to sell low, right? Because it seems smart, with the exception of the smart part. That's the problem. So we are afraid of falling. And as a result, we get stuck in the circle of sameness that keeps us average and prevents us from having a legendary life, okay? And so that goes into number three, which is you, like when you think, when you think, when you take, when you could sit, like sit still in the morning, take, take some time, take some time. If you believe in God, believe in God, okay? If you, like whatever it is that causes you just to hold still in the morning, just, just be quiet. Let your mind be quiet, okay? Visualize. See in your mind's eye the thing that you want. What is it that I really want? Okay? When Napoleon Hill, you recognize that guy's name? He wrote the book, Think and Grow Rich. Here's what happened. Napoleon Hill went and met this guy by the name of Andrew Carnegie. He was the richest man of his time. The guy was, uh, he was a tycoon, still tycoon, crushing it, Right? And Andrew Carnegie's like, I want to leave a, leave a legacy. I want to leave something behind. And he goes, Andrew, or he, go, he says, Napoleon Hill, he goes, I got an opportunity for you. And he says, what I want to do, you're a writer, I want to introduce you to the most influential people of our time. I want to introduce you to the successful people, and I want you to document I want you to document what it was that made these men successful. What is it that allowed them to be successful? What is it that allowed them to crush it? What is it allowed them to be like legends, like titans of our day? What is it? And it's going to take you about 20 years of your life. And so, I'm going to present this opportunity for, before you. Would you take this opportunity? And I'll introduce you to these guys. And Andrew just paused. He sat there for a second and let, let old Napoleon marinate on this offer, right? And, the, and, and he, was, he was thinking on it for a second. I bet you it was like 35 seconds, 45 seconds. And he says, I would do it. He goes, you know what? Andrew says, if you would have taken 15 seconds longer to make a decision you knew you should have made, I would have taken the opportunity away from you. Because you didn't know how to act. You didn't know how to move. Like, be... How many people do you know who crushed it? Who did? Who knew how? Didn't know how to move? Like right? And Andrew, he moved. He he like he had a vision. He saw the thing, and he decided to move. And so here's what Andrew Carnegie or Napoleon Hill discovered. He had, he interviewed Henry Ford, all the, the the famous guys of the day, the days, right? And he, he he went through and he went through and he documented and he he figured out what it was that made these guys tick. And he found these keys. There were 16 of them in total. But this one that I want to share with you 
is one that was actually very, very powerful. It was very powerful. These guys had a habit of spending time thinking through their plan. Thinking through it. They took time to think through their plan. They visualized. They saw the success before the success ever happened. They went into their mind, which is the neat thing about us as humans, is we actually have the ability to think, to create. We can fashion a thing before the thing actually ever exists. And he, he take, they took time, every one of these guys, and they would visualize the outcome. They would visualize possession of the money. They would visualize the thing that they wanted to achieve. They would see it in their mind's eye. Like one guy went up to uh, Disney one time, or to the brother of Disney, he's like, man, it's a shame that Walt Disney didn't see this theme park you built. And he's like, what? He's like, Walt saw this thing in his head long before it actually showed up. He saw it. He designed it. He engineered it. He knew what the thing was before the thing became what it is. And so that's what these guys do is they take time. They, they think about it. And that's the secret. They invest in the end game. They think and they fashion inside their mind, what is my end game? What is the thing that I'm going to accomplish? What is it that I want to do? And when they see the thing that they're wanting to do, they leverage the other two secrets. One is they change their standards. They don't sit there and pontificate for endless amounts of eons like with this analysis paralysis. And many of you guys get killed by analysis paralysis. I know what it's like. I've done it myself. It's one of the things that holds me back or it held me back by not making a decision, by not stepping into your strength, by not leaning in, not executing. And so you, you say, I, I see the end. I see where I want to be. I see what I want to accomplish. And because I know what I want to accomplish, I now know my end game. I can see my end game. I know what it is that I'm going to do. Now I'm going to raise my standards. I, am, I no longer will accept what brought me here. What I will accept is where I want to go and the steps I'm going to take to obtain it. And then I recognize, I recognize I will not be great. When I'm like, when, I, when an eagle learns to fly, boy, did it look like he had it under control when he was falling? <laughs> he was like, ah, ah, mommy, you suck. I don't like you anymore. Right? You're like, you're like pissed off at the mentor. Hey, coach, you don't know what you're doing. Hey, coach, I don't like this. Hey, coach, this hurts. Hey, coach, I don't want to keep going. And the coach is like, yes, you do. You said you wanted the end game, right? Right. Okay, this is the end game. You don't, you don't go, I want the end game, and you take off, right? Sometimes you're like, I want the end game, and your checking account falls. Sometimes you want the end game, and you discover you invested in some stocks, and the stock market dips, right? And you're like, well, that, but that's not what I wanted. But the problem is, is you were not good enough. You're not good enough to have the end game. You're not good enough right now. That the good enough comes in the journey. The good enough comes when you said, I will raise my standards. I will no longer do it the way I've done it. Because the way I've done it will not take me to where I'm going. You recognize that. You recognize that you're not good enough. Like, you don't have the skills to obtain your end game right now. The point is, is you could obtain the skills. You will not be phenomenal to start. 
you're going to start off terrible. One of the guys that I like to follow, he's like, look, he says in the beginning, he says, you're going to suck. And he says, you know why? Because you suck. And he says, you know what happens as you keep going? He says, you're eventually going to suck less and less to the point you're actually good. And that's how you get there. You've got to recognize you suck. But you do not have to stay that way. You can obtain it. The end game. And so when I when I sat down and I, I started naming my products, what like how what am I gonna call my product? What am I gonna call this? What am I gonna call this? What like some things that I wanted to do. I started calling my stuff, it's called the end game. Why why like why did I call it the end game? Because I know the end game. Like I want the, the result. Like I want to obtain this thing. I take and I work with people all the time. And they want the good life, right? They want the good life. But they get stuck not making a decision. They get stuck in not learning how to invest. They get stuck in not raising their standards. They get stuck in not getting some momentum. And when you get stuck without momentum, you get stuck without raising your standards, you get stuck not recognizing the way is through the struggle. You have to fall to go to the place that you want to go. And when they get stuck there, they can't figure it out. And so I started, I'm, I'm calling my stuff by, I'm calling my products the end game. Because my end game is, is like, look, you got to get unstuck. You've got to learn how, you, you said you want the good life. You want to have it all. And you can. You don't have to, you don't, you can have it. Like, you want this thing, you can have it. You want that thing, you can have it. Like, but you got to become good enough. And the only way to become good enough is to start. You got to get some momentum. You got to get off your. Watch out, you see that? I just stood up. I stood up because I wanted some momentum. I wanted to go in this direction. And so, one of the things I do is I'm talking about the end game. I help people get momentum because I help them see the end game. The thing that they want is obtainable when you get momentum and you start going in the direction. So, that's kind of what I wanted to share with you today. It is possible. Your breakthrough is just around the corner. It just takes the probably one of the biggest secrets in business and life is to start. Simply, one step at a time, start. Warren Buffett said, he's got this insurance company, right? And he had these, he had this, uh, these guys working for him. And uh, they, 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 they wanted to write these insurance policies where they could just like, bam, knock it over the park, just crush it every time, right? I'm going to make a half point. I'm going to make a half court three-pointer, right? And Warren's like, he's like, but what happened is, is they, they stretched way out there, right? Way out there. And so they, they, they would try to make these things and they would miss. They wouldn't get on the board. They wouldn't get points. And Warren Buffett's like, dude, I don't, I'm not looking for the guy they can hit it over the fence like that. He says, I want the guy who's good at layups, who can put points on the board on a layup. Like, I'm looking for one step. Like, when I'm looking at stairs, I want to be able to do a step. Okay, and I want to be able to do a step. I want to do a step. Now, if you look at Warren Buffett today, he talks about getting out his elephant gun, right? He's like, when I go hunting for a company, he's like, I'm not looking for, like, a, a $10 million company. Like that, that, like for us, that might be like, whoa, right? That's a step. 
But for, for Warren, that's like, that's like eating half a Cheerio. How would you like to eat a half a Cheerio today, Warren? Well, I don't think I'm going to do a half a Cheerio today. I think I want to buy a piece of steak, right? His steak is like a, it's like a $10 billion, $20, or $20 billion company. That's what it is. But his steps got bigger as time went on because he became better. He got his momentum. He figured out how to get to his end game. He knew where he was going. So you're ready for your breakthrough. You're ready to step into your strength. Go to my website. Go to AskSolarMike.com. Figure out how to get involved in solar. Figure out how to acquire an asset with no money down. Figure out how to do that. Figure out how to invest in something that will save you a fortune, that will bring you cash flow. Learn how to invest in something that you can depreciate and write off. Something that would protect you from the IRS reaching into your deep pockets that you would prefer to have so that you can create space between you and them, okay? Learn how to allocate resources in a way that builds wealth for you. Learn how to make money work for you. Learn how to not just rely on your paycheck, trading time for money. Figure out how to trade money to make more money. See what I mean? That's what it's all about. So you can go to my, my website and want to figure out how to get some momentum. Let's, let's start with, let's take one step at a time. You can go to AskSolarMike.com. Anyway, I will talk to you later.